Lots of people today are stressed, busy, and stressed. Lots of people are worried about finances. And I'm hoping today that this final message that I'm doing on these, these two parts that we were looking at, that you will feel less stressed, more rested in God, and more hopeful for the future. <clears throat> We've been talking about rebuilding the walls and renewing a people. Jeff has been going through the book of Nehemiah. I'll read to you the passage in chapter 10 again. We'll not read it all like we did last week, but I will just read down from verse 30 of chapter 10. The, uh, the law had been read, the, 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 the walls had been rebuilt, and now the law of, had been read to them. And when they heard the scriptures read to them, it touched their hearts. And they began to weep because they knew that they had not fulfilled what was written in the law but they had a desire to do so. And so Nehemiah said, this isn't a day for sorrow, it's a day for joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And they made an agreement, a covenant. They wrote it down, they bound themselves to keep it. For them it was a legal document that this is what we're going to do in the future. Now for us, it's not a legal document, but I hope that each one of us can make a decision. There's lots of things in the Bible where it says, from this day on, from this day forward. <clears throat> so this was the uh, promise that they made to the Lord, and it starts in verse 30. We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the people around us, or to take their daughters for our sons. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Every seventh year we will forego working the land and will cancel all debts. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, for the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offering and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbath, new moon festivals and appointed feasts, for the holy offerings, for sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and for all the duties of the house of our God. We, the priests, the Levites, and the people have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at the set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. 
We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every fruit tree. As it is written in the law, we will bring the first fruits of our sons and of our cattle, of our herds and of our flocks to the house of our God, to the priest ministering there. Moreover, we will bring to the storehouse of the house of our God to the priest the first of our ground meal, of our grain offerings, of our wine and oil, and we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites, for the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where we work. A priest descending from Aaron is to accompany the Levites when they receive the tithes, and I've lost my place here. The Levites are to bring a tenth of the, of the tithes up to the house of our God to the storerooms of the treasury. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contribution of grain, new wine, and oil to the storehouses where the articles of the sanctuary are kept and where the ministering priests and gatekeepers and singers stay. We will not neglect the house of our God. Jesus told a story about two boys. Both of these boys brought joy and sorrow to their father. He said to the first son, he said, my son, go and work today in my vineyard. And the son said, no way, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And he went off out of the house. I suppose dad looked at mum and said, where have we gone wrong with this boy? We've given him everything he needed. We brought him up the best way we felt we could. And here, I just go and ask him now, if he work in the business, he will go into the vineyard and help us out with working. And he's gone off and he will not work for us. So we turned to the other boy, and he said, son, go and work in the vineyard. And the second boy, he said, I'm on my way already, dad, I'm going. Now the strange thing was, the first boy that said he wouldn't go, as he's walking down the road, he's thinking, mom and dad have been so good to me, I've I've hardly contributed anything to the household. And all that dad asked me to do today is go and work in the field with his vines. And on the road, he changed his mind and he went to work in his dad's vineyard. The other boy that said he was on his way already, he got going down the street. He meets a few of his mates, they say, Come and, have a, come and have a drink with us. Play a game of cards. Just my interpretation of it. <laughs> so, he turns aside. He said, just one. <laughs> he has one drink and he has one game. And the one turns into two, turns into three. The afternoon turns into evening. And he doesn't go. Jesus said, 
Which of the two boys did the will of his father? And they said, the first one. The first one who said he would not do it, eventually did do. And the one who promised a lot didn't actually fulfill that promise. And Jesus said to those religious people who were listening, he said, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom before you. Their lifestyle said, I'm not doing God's will, I'm going to live it my way. But they changed and they're going and serving the Lord. But these religious people were so stuffy and critical and pernickety and self-righteous, they thought they could get there all on their own. They didn't even do the will of God. Now, these people in Nehemiah's day, when they heard the scriptures read, they said, it's me, it's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And we are going to change. We have heard the word and we are going with God's grace. We are going to fulfill it. And I hope today, brothers and sisters, that you and I will say whatever the answer. The answer is yes. Now, what's the question? We will serve the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so this is what they promised. They promised that they were going to be different from the Gentile nations. We are going to be different. We're not going to intermarry. We're not going to have a bit of this and a bit. We are going to be the people of God. And what does the scripture say? We learned it last week, didn't we? We learned it before that. But what does the Bible say? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a special people that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. <laughs> Once you had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. We are different. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the best sense of the word. <clears throat> so we're going to look today at the decision that they made. And how it applies to us today. They said we're going to keep the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath was a gift. It was given to them in the wilderness. For 400 years they had never had a day off. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They were working, 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 working. No days off. Dad never had a day off. Granddad never had a day off. Way back when to the beginning they had worked and worked and worked and then God delivered them and brought freedom into their lives and they're in the wilderness and God is providing for them he's giving them manna every day he said I'm going to give you enough for every day but on the sixth day I'm going to give you twice as much so you won't have to work on the seventh day I'm going to give you a day off isn't it nice to have a day off and in the Bible, in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus having a day off. 
There were many coming and going. There was not so much to eat bread. He said, he said, come on, let's have a day off. Fancy having a recreational day with Jesus. A kickabout with Christ. A, a, something that you enjoy. And not only did he give them one day in seven off, there were other feast days as well. Come on, we're going to have a party at this time of year. We're going to have another party at that time of year. And God gives us days off. Times of celebration. Times of joy. Praise God. Mark Twain was watching people going to church at one time. They were chatting and talking and laughing as they went to church. As they got near the church door, all the smiles disappeared. They became holy. And said Mark Twain, as they came out, they all looked like they'd been to a funeral. So it put him off Christianity. I think it would have put me off as well. Jesus brings joy. Jesus brings rest. I think um, Andy quoted it in his prayer or one of the songs or something. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me, what does he say? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. What does it say? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. This is great stuff, isn't it? <clears throat> I've forgotten what I'm up to now. <laughs> thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. <laughs> Glory. The Sabbath. We were going to keep the Sabbath. We're, we're going to have the day off that God prescribed. We're not going to be working all the time. Now, the neighboring um, countries, they traded seven days a week. But the, the Jewish people now, they said, we're not going to trade seven days a week. The Jewish Sabbath begins Friday night. Friday at dusk, and it lasts till Saturday at dusk. It goes over. And uh, they said, we're, they, they, we're not going to buy or sell on that, that day. And we're going to keep it as separate. I remember when I was growing up, the Sabbath, or we didn't keep, it's not the Sabbath. I'm going to tell you in a minute. We don't keep the Sabbath. That's a Jewish thing. But at our house, when I was growing up, it was very different. Uh, a bit boring sometimes, to be honest. <laughs> couldn't play football, <laughs> couldn't play cricket. <laughs> it was very different, and we never bought or anything. I, I remember one time we had a visiting preacher with us, and my mother had forgotten to get the tin of peas. So she went to the shop for a tin of peas, and it was so dramatic, I still remember it now. <laughs> 150 years later. <laughs> Sunday was different. Sunday should be different. 
don't keep it legalistically. By the time the Lord came along, the, the, the Pharisees have made it so legalistic, so stupid, that they couldn't even rub ears of corn in their hands, blow the chaff away and eat the kernel. They said, ah, oh, breaking the Sabbath. Ah, oh, terrible. They were so stupid. <clears throat> Those of you who've been to eat Israel with us, I once went, I've been there several times, as you know. This time, my, my floor was, I think, the eighth or ninth floor. And I got in the lift on the first floor. It was the Sabbath. It was Shabbat. And I got in a Shabbat lift, right? I pressed the button for the seventh or eighth or ninth floor, whichever it was, I forget now. It went up one floor. What's happened to this? Pressed it again. Went up one more floor. Pressed it again. Went up another floor. Shabbat lift. How crazy is that? It's no wonder the Lord got mad with them. He said the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. It was made to bless you. It was made to help you relax. It was made that you come together to worship and to have family time. I remember when we were in Tiberias at one occasion and they were different in the north. I think the north and the south are still a bit different than it was even in Bible days. And they were having a fabulous time on, on Shabbat. Families all laughing and joking. No mobile phones, thank the Lord. And, and uh, they were having a great time enjoying God's gift of rest. So I would say to each one of us, try and keep one day separate. Now, they say of pastors, it's an old joke, we don't like it, we put up with it. We think it's cynical. Pastors only work one day a week. Amen. <laughs> so, I asked, I asked our girls on one occasion, being in the ministry and me working one day a week, <laughs> has it affected you negatively? They said, Dad, no, it hasn't. Because we used to have a family day on a Saturday. We would go out on our bikes. When, when, I'm talking when the kids were little and they did what you told them. <laughs> <laughs> they were little. We would go out on our bikes or swimming. I remember one particular day we came out of the swimming bath and they were hiding. So I said to Jean, watch this. I started the car up and set going. Of course, they appeared out of their <laughs> hiding place. <laughs> that the ministry didn't affect them negatively because we made it up. Our Sundays were, 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 were like this. I used to take the service in the morning. And Jean would make the lunch. And then I would meditate horizontally <laughs> in the afternoon 
she would be playing games with them. Copit, I think, was the favourite. And then uh, we would have a service at night. But we would do things together as a family. We'd make it a, a special thing. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And then secondly, or not secondly, or part of the same, I think, the ground was to have a Sabbath as well. Every seven years, they had to let the ground rest. So if you were a small farmer, or you had seven fields, or a medium-sized farmer with seven fields, you would let one field rest this year, and you would get the increase from the six of the others. The following year, we would move around, and that one would be working, and this one would be resting. So it was each year, the f- eight, seven years, the field would have a rest. God said, because the land is mine, you only borrow it. The land is mine. And they hadn't kept the Sabbaths. And really, when they were sent into captivity, remember, Nehemiah is when they returned from captivity, but they were sent into captivity for 70 years, and the Lord said, well, now the land will have its Sabbaths. And then, every seven Sabbaths, 49, seven sevens of 49, every 50th year was called a year of jubilee. And on the year of Jubilee, all debts were cancelled and the land returned to its previous owner or its original owner. So then, if someone had had to sell their land because they'd gotten into financial difficulties for some reason or another, at the 50th year, the land came right back to the fellow that sold it. All debts were cancelled. It was a year of Jubilee. A year of celebration, praise God. So the Lord said, the Sabbath was made for man. Now the Apostle Paul, writing about this in the New Testament, because we're in the New Testament era, aren't we? In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced whatever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on the special day do it to honor him. So, here is, we're not under the Sabbath law, but here is the apostle saying, you know, keep a day for for the Lord. Keep a day. I was against Sunday trading. I, I was one of the millions who voted against it because it ties people up in work. Even those who don't go to church, they've got to go out of work. People don't have that moment for family and refreshing and relaxation. Right. When they rested the fields, they were to trust the Lord that he would give them a bumper harvest the year before it was due to rest. And Jesus said, didn't he? He said, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added to you as well. Isn't that great? When we seek first the kingdom, we put God first and foremost in our lives, everything else falls into place. Our finances, our relationships, our mental health, our well-being, everything falls into place when we put God first in our lives. Secondly, they promised not only to keep the Sabbath, but they promised to support God's house. In the last verse, or he said, we will not forsake the house of our God. Now, the Jews were probably thinking at that time about the newly built temple. Um, and they promised to, to give the, uh, a third of a shekel for the, for the maintenance of the temple. Now, we know that God doesn't live in buildings. If, uh, if a bomb dropped on this church tomorrow, the church would not be affected. Because we are the church. But we meet in a building, and uh, it's nice to have nice seats to sit in, isn't it? <clears throat> I was telling a guy at our golf course when, um, when Jeff and the others were refurbished this, I said, we've got some, I said, we, we've had seats down below for a while. I said, but we're, we, we've got new seats now up the front and we've taken out the old pews. He looked at me and he said, well, don't you suffer a bit in church? I mean, he thought the, the harder the seats, the more holy we were. Nice to sit on nice seats, isn't it, in, in, in the church building? Well, of course, it, it all costs a little money. And the temple tax was to help to do this. Originally, it was a half shekel that they would give. But because the people were returning from exile and were quite poor, they changed it temporarily to a third of a shekel. By the time of Jesus, it had gone back to the half shekel, but they agreed to take uh, uh, a third of a shekel for the maintenance of the temple. <clears throat> also, they agreed that they would have a rotor to bring wood regularly so the burnt offerings on the altars could happen each day and every day. Just a little job, a wood carrier. I thought about these people. A wood carrier for Jesus. <laughs> That's all they had to do. Bring some wood. It's your turn this week. We'll go bring a bit of wood for the altar. And they would have a circuit. Different ones did it each time. Just a little job. But whatever you do for the Lord, do it good. <laughs> do little things well. Even if it's just carrying wood for the Lord. Even if it's just doing small things for him. Do it well. And then they had to bring the first fruits. That is the best. The first ripe fruits of the, the vineyard or the, or the field for, the, for corn or grain or whatever. They brought the first fruits along. And the, the scripture says in Proverbs, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. I remember a lady in Macclesfield, when we were in Macclesfield. 
It's a nice place to come from, is Macclesfield. <laughs> Seriously. She was, tell- she was telling me about this carpet that she had. It's a lovely carpet, and it's, it's, it's like new. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, she said, wonder whether the church would want it, because I'm getting a new one. So she was rather upset when I said to her, you know, we don't really want your second-hand carpet. <laughs> I, t- I said it nicer than that. <laughs> but- but it still hurt. <laughs> she was getting a new one. The old one is okay. <laughs> the old one is okay for the Lord's house. No, sir. We saved up and we got a new one. <clears throat> Where am I up to? <clears throat> he said, the firstborn child, the firstborn child really belonged to the Lord, the firstborn of cattle. So instead of offering the child, they sacrificed the lamb in its place, didn't they? <clears throat> and then they said, we promised to tithe. Um, a tithe is a tenth. They were to give this money to the Levites, and the Levites were to give a tenth of that tenth to the priests. And then the Jews tithed on the 90% left over the one year, and then there was a third year where they would bring another tithe to the Lord's house. Now, tithing is not a New Testament doctrine, but proportional giving is. The Apostle Paul said, on the first day of the week, you should each put aside a portion of money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then collect it all at once. Now, Though tithing is not a New Testament doctrine, it was endorsed by the Lord. This is what Jesus said. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay a tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. And then he said, you ought to have done this. You ought to have exercised mercy and justice and faith. You should have done all these things and not to, and not without leaving the other undone. So he's saying what they were doing was they were tithing a, a, tenth, one, a tenth of this and a tenth of that and a tenth of that. and a tenth. But they were bad people. They didn't show any mercy. They didn't show any love. They were self-righteous. They were critical. They were dogmatic. They were... They, they, Jesus said, that's what you do, you hypocrites. You bring your tithes and you think you're okay, but you're not okay. You should have tithed, but you should have done the other as well. And then, of course, we have that statement in the prophets at the end of the Old Testament. Will a man rob God? And they said, how have we robbed you? And then the Lord said, you've robbed me. You're cursed with a curse. You've robbed me with tithes and offerings. Even this whole nation. Then he said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now, herewith saith the Lord, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour you out a blessing. He said, if you bring the tithes into the storehouse, I'm going to open the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour you out a blessing that you're not going to have enough to receive it. Hallelujah. He said, "I I will... 
I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. My father had a friend from the south. He, he was called Mr. Watkins, and he used to come up to our house in Lancashire every so often. And uh, he said, guess what? He said, I, <clears throat> I was telling the Lord, Lord, I've got cabbages in my, in, in my uh, garden. And there were cabbages in the next door's garden and that. They lived in a rural part of the country. He said, Lord, I'm claiming that promise that you will rebuke the devourer for my sake. And I'm claiming, Lord, that my cabbages are not going to be eaten by the insects. He said, would you believe it? He said, there were caterpillars on my neighbor on the left. Cabbages. There were caterpillars on the neighbor on the right, but my cabbages had no caterpillars at all. And then he said, I said to myself, Watkins, you're a great prayer. <laughs> the morning after, the postman came. He shouted up, Mr. Watkins, Ought these cows to be in your garden? <coughs> They'd eaten all his cabbages. <laughs> Serves him right for bragging about how great he could pray. <coughs> Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. It supplies the ministry of the church. We do a lot of different ministries here. The suit run, love your neighbor, the youth, all the youth ministers and the people we have, and the office staff and the pastoral staff, that sort of thing. <clears throat> the, um, the scripture says, since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to harvest the physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported. Then he went on to say, don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. And then in Timothy, he says, the elders, and that's the, the, the elders is a kind of term that it incorporates Paid elders and unpaid elders, pastors. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard in both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shouldn't muzzle the ox uh, to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. <laughs> I can say this now that I'm not on, I'm sort of retired a bit. God wants to bless you. Bring all the tithes into the store. Where's the storehouse? I believe the storehouse is the local church. You don't eat in one restaurant and pay in another, do you? These days? <laughs> I heard... I heard of two people that were washed overboard on a trip around the world and they got landed on a desert island. One of the guys, he said, look, he said, 
We're going to die here. There's no food. There's no water. We're going to die. The other fellow is leaning up against a palm tree without a care in the world. He said, don't you understand? We're going to die. There's no food. There's no water. The boat's gone. We're going to die. The guy leaning against the palm tree said, I earn 100,000 pounds a week. His friend said, what's that got to do with it? You could earn a million pounds a week, it doesn't matter. There's no food here, there's no water here, we're going to die. You don't understand. No, said the other one, you don't understand. I earn 100,000 pounds a week. I give a tenth of that to my local church. My pastor will find me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, sometimes you can give with the wrong motive. You can tie thinking, I'm going to become a millionaire. If you listen to some of our cousins across the pond, they will tell you that. Why you're not driving a Rolls Royce now is amazing. We don't just tithe or give to get. Secondly, thinking that I can do as I like with the rest. I just give God a tenth and then I can do as I like with the rest. Um, There was a lady uh, that... uh, A business couple that that we had in the Midlands, they had a very nice business, paid them well, they had a very good lifestyle, but they got into financial difficulties. And they asked me to try and sort the difficulties out. Well, I'm not an accountant or anything, but I had a friend who was an accountant, so I asked him if he would come and help them. He said to me, David, he said, they're spending money like it's going out of fashion. The wife had 70 pairs of boots and shoes. 70. She went, she went down to London to buy a dress. Now, I'm going back 35 years or so. So she, w- she went to Harrods and got this dress. She was wheatled them all down to two. I wish I'd have that one, should I have that one? Well, she plumbed on one. It was 400 quid. I know 400 quid for a dress is nothing these days. <clears throat> Just kidding. She came back with this dress. Then she thought, oh, I wish I'd got the other one. So then she does no more than the day after, goes back to Herod's, buys the other one as well. It's no wonder they got in financial difficulties. So giving with the wrong motive or giving thinking we can just squander whatever is left. Now, I, I had a little illustration that I do about tithing and it goes like this for those who are familiar it goes like this that that one one pound let's say is one that's that that's God's right that's mine 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 that's God's that's mine 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 that's God's That's mine, that's mine. 
Well, I'd used this illustration for a long time until Jeff Lee, the senior pastor here, <laughs> said that all these years I had been teaching error. You know, fake news, <laughs> disinformation, not scriptural, he said, because everything we have is God's. Of course, he's right. But as I said to him at the time, nobody likes a smart aleck. <laughs> Everything we have is his. Everything we have is his. And isn't it wonderful that we can come and return back to God of his gifts. And these people way back in Nehemiah's day, they said, we're going, we've heard the scripture. At first it just struck our hearts. We were so convicted by it because we knew we hadn't been living the way God wanted us to live. But from this moment forward, we are going to live as God wants us to live. And I would say to some of you who maybe don't, never thought about tithing or anything like that, try it for three months. As the scripture says, we read it earlier, prove me now here with saith the Lord, if I'll not open to you the windows of heaven. See if you see how it goes. <clears throat> but they said, we're going to, we're going to live God's way and we're going to become the people of God. I would want to belong to a church that is fully committed to the things of God. Hallelujah. Bless his name. I've, I've finished. <laughs> Some of you feel I finished 10 minutes ago <laughs> and didn't realize it. <laughs> would you kindly stand with me? Andy is going to play for us that song we sang last week, All to Jesus I Surrender. I'm going to ask you, brothers and friends and sisters here, if something has touched you from the Bible, something has touched you from the truth of the Word of God, we like to feel here that we can teach the Word of God in its simplicity and gloriousness. If something has touched you a heart, Maybe about the way you're keeping one day a week. Maybe you're not getting enough rest and relaxation and you're just merging every day into... I think sometimes maybe have a Sabbath of phone, of mobile phones. Knock the phone off for a day. Knock the Facebook off for a day. Have, have something different that you can give yourself to worship, and family, and recreation. And like Jesus said, I've given you the Sabbath. I've given it to you as a gift. Now don't abuse it. Use it. You don't have to be the Sunday. We're not getting hung up on the actual day. But one day, have a day where it's different. And then maybe you've gone a little bit lax in in. In, in bringing to the Lord his portion, that which should be his. Say, from today forward, with God's grace, I'm going to be different. I'm going to include this 
in my financial planning, I'm going to begin to give God what it says in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Sing it as unto the Lord, all to Jesus I surrender. Sometimes I, I get a mental picture of the Lord standing in front of me and I'm talking just to him or I'm occasionally singing just to him. Just try and get that mental picture. You're not impressing me. You're not impressing your friends who you came with today. We're looking into the face of the Lord and we're saying, Lord, I just want to surrender. If I've held things in my heart, last week we talked about unforgiveness and that sort of stuff, didn't we? If there's anything in your heart, come on. Lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, you win, I lose. I shall surrender to you. This moment forward, my life is going to be different.